0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy.
1: Quick shout out to Virgil's Vineyard. They make the most fantastic wine. And look, they even have a special sparkling wine for the holidays. I know they released, I think, 48 cases. And I'm sure there's probably like six left. So you might want to yeah, act quick. We have it right over my shoulder. And, of course, their classic Zinn Blend Red, which is my favorite wine. We've given out quite a bit to our guests. And our next guest will have one as well. But make sure you go to www.virgilsvineyard.com. They are a great uh, Michigan-based business. Their wineries out in Napa, of course, because no one wants those Michigan grapes. But the California grapes from a Michigan company here, wonderful people. Check them out, Kipper family. And if you go to the website and use the discount code SPIRO, S-P-I-R-O, you will get a 10% discount on your order. Highly recommend it. If you don't like it, you're crazy or you hate wine. There's no other way to put it. So go get yourself some wine. Still can get there in time for the holidays. but you better order it right now. So check them out, virgilsvineyard.com. And without further ado, I've had a lot of people in this studio and I've had a lot of people turn me down to appear in the studio. One that finally said yes after a long courtship, which was lasting throughout our renovations here, was Tara Stafford, who I consider to be the first lady in Michigan State, both because she is beaming with dignity And also because if Michigan State could be married to somebody, it would probably be her. So Tara Stafford in studio. Welcome, Tara Stafford.
2: Thank you for having me. I mean, the studio Uh, is gorgeous. Thank you. It's amazing.
1: Thank you. And you did not make fun of me for having multiple commissioned paintings of head coach Mel Tucker on the wall. You actually appreciated it, I feel like.
2: And honestly, I'm a little jealous. I feel like I need to go find someone to paint me a picture of Mel Tucker. Um, Because those are beautiful pieces. I appreciate
1: it. And I hope that I'm not, like, regretting that they're there. Like, if he goes to (laughs) Auburn in, like, a month or something, God knows what. But um, we're on the Mel train. So – we're in a position now where it's going to be the Michigan State show. Everyone knows that. That's your background. That's my background. I've done shows on Michigan that you know with the the full hour before. We're going to touch on them just a little bit up front because I think Michigan football, in particular, is the big thing in the news. And mm-hmm. I can already hear all the people saying it's the Michigan State show. <laughs> and Tara drove in from Timbuktu to be here, and and you open out the gate with Michigan. So. I I can hear the the trolls already ringing the walls. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that the Jim Harbaugh situation is the biggest story, not in college football, but top five in college football, and the biggest story in the state that we happen to reside. The big news really is that their season is over and the Jim Harbaugh contract situation is yet unresolved. Mm -hmm. I just want to get this on the record from you Right. They canceled their last three games, and the buzz after the Ohio State cancellation was that they were ducking Ohio State. They wanted nothing to do with it. Now they're ducking, in quotation marks, the Iowa game. That's off the books. Their season's done. It was a right. disaster by all accounts. Do you buy the conspiracy theory? Is Jim Harbaugh and Michigan ducking their opponents?
2: I mean, obviously, we know COVID is a real thing, and but at the same time, I mean, was it a little beneficial for them to kind of duck that Ohio State game? You know, I mean, and then when you also consider that they get that little moral victory of not being last in the Big Ten East, you know, so,
1: you know, know, I I mean,
2: they love those moral victories. We all know that they do. I got to rib them a little bit, you know, but.
1: Oh, that's fine. That's (laughs) fine. It's fine in this audience anyway.
2: Right. So, I mean, on one hand, I do understand COVID is a real thing and I don't, I'm not personally in, have any connections in that athletic department. I don't know their situation directly, but, you know. Does it kind of benefit them a little bit to duck them, though? Yeah, a little bit. And they get to say, we're not last.
1: Exactly. So. And I think that it's one of those things where it's gray. And everyone mm-hmm. wants to say they're ducking these opponents and, and they want nothing to do with it. Or the other side is they want to play. Like Ward Manuel comes out just breathing fire at everybody. How dare Kirk Herbstreet say it's mean the stuff? Game. Yeah, it's the game. It's it hasn't the game. been the game since I was still, like, shitting my pants. So I, I mean, has it hasn't been the game since before I could drive. So right. that's ridiculous. It's been a
2: long time. But word
1: manual coming out like we'll play anyone, any place, anywhere. It's like no, okay, calm down. Calm Tom down with the machismo.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's
1: like, it just I, do I think they were ducking it. No, I think they. I don't think they were forging COVID test results. I believe no. that it was obviously a legitimate An issue. issue. Right. They're not the only program that's canceled games this year. Michigan State has Maryland, had numerous cancel. Yeah, Maryland. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, although I will say that program in East Lansing, which is always uh, supposedly second fiddle and everything they do didn't cause any cancellations this year. They were ready to play every week. Right. I mean, right. I'm not Shout forgetting. out to our
2: doctors and our staff for that. Cause that's a really impressive thing to keep, to keep everyone safe during this time.
1: Yes. And yeah. that's what Mel Tucker opened so many press conferences with, was Thank just you. thanking yep. the medical staff yep. as he should. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that they were ducking anybody per mm-hmm. se, but can we at least admit that they're happy they didn't have to play? Right.
2: I mean, Ohio State was probably going to drop a hundred on them. They were Let's going for it. Yeah, they were definitely going to try. Ryan Day said. I know. So I, that's one guy I don't want to mess with. Ryan Day, like
1: <laughs> I don't want any. Part I don't want to piss him State. off.
2: No, I want zero parts of Ohio State ever.
1: And I always speaking of Ohio State, and we'll end any discussion on Michigan with this point, but I think it mm. is interesting that the Michigan fan base kind of justifies we're hearing these rationalizations after the fact. You know, oh, Harbaugh stabilized the program. He, you know, this program was only winning nine or ten games at its peak anyway, Mm -hmm. other than the nineteen ninety-seven season. So, like, he's done a good job. First of all, you weren't hiring him to do that. You were hiring him to it catch. It was
2: national championships. Yes. They were like, year four, national championship. That was what was always talked about.
1: Yeah, and that's what you're paying that's, for.
2: That's the standard at Michigan, right? That's a Michigan man. Well,
1: so I'm told. So, so I'm we're told. told. But I, I just, I, I think the revisionist history regarding his expectations is just fascinating. Right. But this whole notion that they throw out there of, oh, you know, we, he was only here to win nine or ten games. Nobody can catch Ohio State. No one's saying you have to go toe for toe, you know, in a ten-season stretch, go five and five. But Michigan State beat Ohio State as a huge underdog twice, and they were the only team to beat Ohio State in those seasons.
2: Right, we've gotten smacked since, though. They've they've let us, yeah. I know, but But. you got a
1: couple wins on the resume. That's all I'm
2: saying. I'm not
1: even if you go two and eight. Yeah, Michigan would kill for two and eight in a ten-game stretch.
2: I mean, it's been a long time since they've beaten Ohio State.
1: The last time they won was like a decade ago against an interim coach. Now, Fickle's competent, but that was a joke, Ohio State team. But anyway, that's enough Michigan talk. Let's get to our man crush.
2: Oh, uh, Mel.
1: I, Mel Tucker. We need
2: a graphic of some hard eyes, you know.
1: Well, and, and you know, I love Mel, and I don't know if I'm crazy to, to love Mel, but I love Mel. I do too. And I want you to tell me if I'm nuts to think that this was a, a great hire from day one because I didn't think that initially, but this I was, didn't either. you were more on board than I was. Well, I was it off. very
2: in the Luke fickle train to let's be po- honest.
1: But... Well, so was everybody, but let's pull this up. So this is you February 8th.
2: Okay.
1: This is when they're uh, totally SOL. East mm-hmm. Lansing is burning and I'm doing shows where I, I'm like pulling my hair out and you had a tweet about Mel Tucker and that you were I- intrigued by him. So this is, this is the quote for the mm-hmm. audio listeners. February 8th, Tara Stafford. Fickle is still my number one, but I got to say, I'm very intrigued by Mel Tucker. So mm-hmm. you were on board with the, the concept of maybe. You were at least like interested in yeah. learning about Mel Tucker's right. uh, interests and, and you know if he likes long walks on the beach or not.
2: Do we know if he does?
1: I have not confirmed that either way. <laughs> Cynical asshole sitting across from you, me, had a very different take on this the same day, February 8th.
2: Oh. Why on earth
1: is Michigan State giving Mel Tucker the time of day?
2: Now you have two paintings of him.
1: And he turned it around pretty quick. Yeah. And that's, he got you, know, you on board quick. And and I question my own sanity because it's like, mm-hmm. what are we really looking at? A 2-5 and five season, right. two very, very rewarding wins as significant underdogs, which is part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. if it had been like a win against Rutgers and like a bad Maryland team or something. It's different. Yeah, it different is different. Feel, right. It lands different. But, I mean – we we saw the contrast. They went two and five, and you are, you know, thrilled with Mel Tucker. I'm of thrilled course. with Mel Tucker. Yeah. A lot of people are thrilled with Mel Tucker. Are we crazy? How do you grade year one? Mm-hmm. Two and five would normally be a disaster. <laughs> yeah. How do you grade him? Where do you see year one now that it's done? It's in the books. No more games. How do you summarize the season?
2: Well, honestly, I can kind of consider it year zero, because. With the amount of time he had with this roster and no spring ball, I mean, to expect anything more would be crazy, right? Like, going into the season, we knew it was going to be tough, even if D'Antonio was here. Like, we knew it was going to be a tough season. The roster wasn't looking super promising or losing a three-year starter at quarterback. We don't know what's coming up. You don't know what these guys can do. And, you know, I think with what he's been dealt, I think Mel Tucker's done the best job possible. And I think it started really with the fan engagement, the fan base. I didn't realize how much we needed that rejuvenation, that fresh energy. And, you know, I think right now most fans are in the place that we're excited about the future for the first time in a while. And that's a good thing. And Mel's kind of brought that all together for us. So overall, I'm pretty happy with what he's done.
1: So if you're putting a grade on it, A minus, B plus, mm. all things considered,
2: I'd put it at a solid B plus,
1: a B plus.
2: I think that's fair.
1: Well, I think that's fair too. You can't, you can't give.
2: I can't go overzealous uh, yet.
1: Well, not a, a two and five season like is disqualifying from the A to A minus range just by default. Yeah. So yeah. I think I would land, you know, in that B, b plus range as well. We have a, I mean, not to speak for you. I think we both have a shared affinity for his predecessor, Mark Dantonio. Right? right. Is that right. fair?
2: Yes, of course.
1: They couldn't be more different. <laughs> really, I mean, it just, polar
2: opposites. I, yeah. Yeah, Completely. I mean
1: they look different, act different, operate sound different. different, operate differently. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, other than the fact that they're both, like, men. That and coach, coaches. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, I mean, i I, I From guess, Ohio. Yeah. That's no about really, it. Yeah. They have the Ohio connection. But they, they have basically nothing in common. And they had huge success under Mark D'Antonio, where if you could say, okay, take Mel Tucker for 13 years if he stays that long, and he's just going to replicate D'Antonio's 13 years. Mm -hmm. I don't know a Spartan that wouldn't take that.
2: I'd take it in a heartbeat.
1: You would take it in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. So that's our position on D'Antonio. But yet we acknowledge we have a guy in place now who has basically nothing in common with this guy who had a run that we would kill to have again. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's, you know, uh, sort of a a a conflicting ideas there Mm -hmm. or if it's cognitive dissonance or what. But why do you think this is going to work when the complete opposite worked once?
2: Right. I mean, D'Antonio's old school. He's an old school coach. The way he operated was very old school. You know, he's very loyal to a fault. But it was also one of his strengths as well was his loyalty. And our, we're already seeing with Tucker that it's Tucker's way or you're gone. You know, he's not going to play around. If you're, if you're not bought into his system, transfer portal. See ya. You know, He, he kicks him home. Yeah, Yeah, he's, he's going to turn over this roster quick. And it's going to be an adjustment for MSU fans. We're not used to that. We're not used to this kind of SEC like kind of way of running a program. And, you know, I, I do hope that, you know, if we are going to be so lucky if Tucker can replicate D'Antonio's success, obviously. And, but obviously the level that Tucker can recruit, though, brings us to a different level, I think. Um, you know, D'Antonio was known for player development. We would get some guys that were no names, you know, guys that had barely any offers and he would turn them into stars. We don't know about that about Tucker yet. You know, his resume is a little incomplete. We saw one year with Colorado. It's not really enough to get a full picture of what he's capable of, but as of right now, you know, all the optimism is there. We're bringing in talent. It's going to be a different team, different program, but you know, so far I think he's done everything right at the moment.
1: He's checking every box and you know, I know you are a big fan of the social media presence and like the Mm -hmm. memes. And, you know, we we have the cigar photo on my bathroom wall. Obviously, I'm I'm not like repudiating the greatness of, you know, the bits. But, you know, I've tried to clarify with people. I don't know if you caught when I I have a production company and work with some musicians and put Mm -hmm. on shows and stuff. So I actually worked with a a rapper who came up with a song sort of initiating Mel Tucker in. And I had a, a letter like within a day of that being posted from Mel Tucker's representation, wow. but it wasn't his agent or his attorney. He has like a media, I don't know what the- Like, like a
2: team? It's like, like a media, media
1: team? control team. That's awesome. That, it's like a firm. And so I will say as much as I love all the the fun stuff, and I do, it's not a criticism, but people think like he's all off the cuff. He's actually working with a team of professionals that Very are telling him, here's what goes viral. Here's what people like. Here's what the kids are into. So he's not, again, not a criticism. But it's not like he's not as organic as he seems. And, you know, it's more calculated, which I do not think is a bad thing. I think that's a great. I'm thing. glad that he cares and that he's going this way.
2: He understands image, right? Like he understands the image that he's putting out. He knows what he was doing with that cigar photo. We all ate it up, you know, Yep. and Michigan fans made fun of us for it. I got a lot of crap in my mentions with people being like, it's just a photo. He's smoking. Big deal. And I'm like. Do you see how cool he looks, though? I mean, like, can we separate it from anything else? Like he he clearly understands image and brand. And, you know, we've seen it with the social media team at Michigan State. I mean, the graphics have been absolutely unreal. And the image of Michigan State, you know, with the uniforms to the graphics, you know, it's just he's really boosting you know Michigan State's image which we needed you know to be honest
1: and everyone was talking about the assistant coaching pool being significantly raised as a condition of him coming here which is absolutely true what no one really reported that I saw but I know uh, hearing directly from someone that works in the program now is their social media budget and their graphics team that you know they're sort of out front now there's like 7 of them they had a social media graphics team before but mm-hmm. they tripled their budget and and D'Antonio it was, it's like 2.8 times the budget that D'Antonio had and wow. D'Antonio was never denied he just didn't really care it was like you it know, was an
2: afterthought It wasn't you know? even yeah. on his
1: agenda yeah. so it's not like you know D'Antonio was not given something he had asked for to him he just didn't see the value yeah. in it even now when he's on Twitter and throughout his entire Twitter career it's just like go green, victory for MSU, like thumbs up. It's like <laughs> stuff my dad would say. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So there's no like relating with the players there. And I, I love Antonio, but.
2: That like, wasn't his thing. It's not his. No. no. Tom no, Izzo's not even on thing. there at all. I mean, no, Izzo no. will like, never get on Twitter. No. Never. No. That would never. be. That would That'd be, be the end of days. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Seriously, like the apocalypse he hates is Twitter. Twitter.
2: Coming. He hates Twitter.
1: And, and, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit <laughs> later. We're going to get into basketball for sure. But I just think what we're doing is smart because I don't think. You can win with the Dantonio way if you start year one or you call it year zero in 2020. I think mm-hmm. I think the game kind of passed him by. Yeah. And I hate to say that. You have
2: to make adjustments though, right? Like we all knew what D'Antonio had to do. We were like, we need something new. We need new new coaches. We need offensive ideas. And it was just the same thing. And, you know, I understand his loyalty and I respect it, but it got to a fault, you know. It was like, we got to get some fresh blood in here. You know, we need fresh ideas. The offense had been stalling for years. The offensive line was a disaster. And, you know, it just kind of got to a point where it's like, we got to we gotta get something new here. So Mel Tucker has definitely kind of brought that energy back for sure.
1: I, I knew they were in deep trouble as a program when – they just threw all the assistants into a jar and and shook up the the jar
2: oh the moving cha- the musical chairs yeah. of coaches it's yeah. yeah. like you have
1: the like this third to last offense in the entire country you're getting outpaced by like Akron, and yeah. they're just okay, you know what you can coach the linemen. and you know what you call the you, you coaching the tight ends. you call the plays now, and there it was just a ridiculous attempt he was so he was toast, yeah, and that guy ran on pure hatred for everything like that mm-hmm. not just michigan but at that, the
2: end definitely at the even, end it was even grizzlier at his yeah. peak though yeah d'antonio
1: d'antonio thrived on not being uh bibbity bubbidi boo disrespect. You know, disrespect yeah and always looking for that chip on the shoulder and i think yeah. it just wore his ass out i mean he's yeah. pushing what is he 65 pushing 70 mm-hmm. you know i mean it's just it wore him out, and he just doesn't have the steam to do that anymore. And he was just done. I mean, he he didn't dumb. want to
2: recruit anymore. No, you know, that's when he said he knew he was done, is he couldn't promise these guys like I'm going to be around for you.
1: Right, and that's what Brian Masalam talked about. Uh, MSU trustee when he was in the uh, studio and the chair there, he basically said like Look, Antonio was up front with them. They they wish it had come sooner, but he was up front with them and saying. I, I can't go into these kids' houses anymore and, and tell honestly, them, like, I'm going to be your coach for four years. He just – he never intended to leave them out to the dry like that, hanging them out to the dry like that, but he just – he realized in, in that moment, I got nothing left and stepped down. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I still love him, but, I do, you too. Know,
2: we'll always love him for the Rose Bowl and all those great years and the memories. I mean, he's the coach of my lifetime.
1: Yeah. Coach – I mean, really, I, mean, I think the best coach in the history of the program.
2: In yeah, my the, opinion. Yeah. I
1: mean, we weren't around for Duffy Doherty in, in the But 60s, the game but
2: has been – it's harder now, I feel like. You much know? harder. Yeah. And the landscape is harder. I mean, you look at the Michigan State job is already hard. You know, you've got to compete with Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State. You've got all those programs, those powerhouse programs, all within a very close radius to you. The Michigan State job is hard. I mean, Sabin left, and when he said that, he's like, I don't think I can win big here. And D'Antonio proved that you could Achieve big things here, and you know now we're starving for that to happen again, and you know famished, hopefully famished, famished absolutely to that, to dying for that to happen again. Yeah, and,
1: and you know I like to hold my school and my teams to the same standard I hold other people. So you know we talked a little bit about Harbaugh, and a big part of why I think he has been unmitigated disaster and a failure is based on the salary and expectations. Mm-hmm. If you pay Jim Harbaugh or coach, you know Joe Schmo two million dollars a year and you're at the bottom half of the you know the middle of the pack at best in your conference okay maybe it's okay to win eight or nine games and you're thrilled with those results are about making top three money it's not okay Mel Tucker's not quite at that level of salary but you are paying him what is he like the 12th highest paid coach in America right now what are your expectations to where okay I'm happy with where we're at like mm-hmm. not you know not even a one season peak like Give me a five-year stretch, let's say starting from year three or year four on, assuming he's here that long. What do you need to see in a five-year stretch? One Big Ten title? Would you be okay with none? Where do you land on him?
2: That's a really good question. Honestly, I I just want us to get back to competing again with the big boys. You know, we got to in, when we play Ohio State, I don't want to feel completely outmatched anymore. And I realize Ohio State's on a different plane than the rest of us at the moment. And the way that Ohio State's recruiting, they're not slowing down anytime soon. But, you know, I think that it's a little unreasonable to be like, well, I want this many Big Ten titles. Like, I want three Big Ten titles because, like, that's crazy. Um, I would like, I mean, one would be great, obviously. Um, but I, I would be happy with just kind of, Getting back into competing for that, having a chance at kind of taking down Ohio State, being in that game and having it be close. Um, I know that sounds a little bit pessimistic, maybe. You probably wanted me to come well, here. What are we
1: about? We're 20 minutes in and we finally disagreed, but that's
2: okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all right. <laughs> you can
1: finish, you can finish and I'll I'll counter.
2: Basically, I I just want to be back to competing for Big Ten titles because I think that's the standard for this program. It's been set by D'Antonio that, you know, we got to be competing for Big Ten titles. And then hopefully after that, if you win the Big Ten, then you can move on to the playoff. That's kind of how my mindset goes. And I,
1: oh, sorry, go on No, go no,
2: you finish. I, I
1: think I think Mel Tucker would even disagree with you. I, I think ah. the I, – I, well, and did you hear what he said when they asked him in the offseason about those early recruits they were getting and who they were going after and everyone made a big thing about the size? Did you see his quote about why he was going after big guys?
2: I did not see that.
1: He said, everyone talks about, oh, you know, it's a speed game and this and that. And, you know, take a chance on the little guy. And this is like a total paraphrase, but this is mm-hmm. the spirit of the quote. He said, all I know is I watch the college football playoff every year and it's a bunch of big dudes just mauling each other. And like, it, I mean, we it,
2: played Alabama. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah, We saw yeah. that. And he
1: was actually on that sideline. <laughs> yeah. He was on that Alabama staff, the team that just bombed us in yeah. 15. But his his philosophy in recruiting is not to win the big 10 cuz he knows i can go after those you know the the boyer whites and like the the you know short you know receiver with works hard jim rat the jim rat and, gym yeah. rat and yeah. basically like every you know stereotypical like white wide receiver <laughs> running back just you know but that's that's not what he's interested in he's interested in big guys that are that are just you know horses and um, that's the way he's recruiting, and he framed it where, look, I'm not saying I think Michigan State's going to be competing for national championships. I think that's an unreasonable expectation, but I think, you know, the whole shoot for the moon, you'll land among the stars, even if you fall short thing, is kind of what we're going for, mm-hmm. and if they're in a five-year stretch, not year five, I mean like year seven, five-year stretch mm-hmm. starting from, you know, year three, and they haven't gone to Indy and like either one or like, lost because the ref screwed him or something i'm gonna be very because they're
2: paying they're paying them them a lot yeah they're paying
1: them a ton so you're saying like oh i want them to like be in there and give ohio state their darndest
2: that's fair yeah yeah i see your point they're paying they're paying paying a premium right yeah
1: and it's you know it's not like our money but it's the principle of it where it's like okay if you're paying the guy you know, top 10. We do have of,
2: to have results at some point. And, right? and really yeah. good
1: results. And it doesn't mean big win the big 10 every year, but in a five-year stretch, I need one year. Like, give me you need give one, me good one year.
2: Just give me one. I mean, with D'Antonio, it was usually, you know, within a three-year stretch, there'd be like one year where we're just bad. Second year, they get a little bit better and they might lose those close games. And yeah. then year three, the team is just ready to go with those upperclassmen and just start winning big games. And you know, I, I, I see your point, though. I think that's fair. Um, a Big Ten title and a five-year stretch would make us all, you know, absolutely thrilled. Yes. And I mean, Harbaugh would kill for that.
1: And and people are instructed on Twitter not to even converse with you if their team has not played in Indianapolis, right? That's, that's your...
2: right. And I mean, they don't read that. Why don't they read that? I, I, don't still, know. I still I still get I added, it. even though I said don't at me if your team hasn't played in Indy. So.
1: And and that's what I tell my because some of my best friends, the best man at my wedding was a is a Michigan alum and like played <laughs> hockey there. And like I tell them this rationalization with Harbaugh drives me nuts on principle because it's like. Don't you want to go to Indy? I've been there three times. It's a lot of fun. It's
2: a ton of fun. <laughs> it's
1: a, have you actually been to any of the games? Yeah, game? so
2: I've been to the two wins. I didn't go to the Wisconsin game, but I think that Wisconsin game would have ended me. It basically I, did end it, me. I think a piece of me died during that game that I'll never get back because when you saw that flag come up after the, the punter. Yeah, it, if they don't it's touch just, the punter,
1: we win that game, by the way.
2: Yeah, I know. It just, it's like a knife to, I, I've never watched that game since. Have you seen any clips from oh, that game? Oh, I refuse. I, the yeah. second Big Ten shows it, I'm like, no mute, I turn want off. nothing to do. And yeah, I'm actually I have like never a, watch it again. I'm a
1: huge Russell Wilson fan. so That like, game
2: was an incredible game, right? It was probably oh, yeah. one of the best Big Ten championship games, and I will never watch it again.
1: It probably was the best. I mean, I, I actually thought it was more entertaining objectively than like the Iowa game, which was just like a grind. I mean, we liked it because we won, but if we had lost that game, that'd be like the worst game. I ever.
2: mean, like that Keith Nichol, um, B.J. Cunningham. Yeah, like that's yeah. maybe one of the best plays in MSU history, and, and we can't watch it again.
1: I was there with a group of friends and, and my wife, and my wife doesn't understand, like, the, you know, the roughing the punter penalty. She's, like a very, she's a Spartan too, but very <laughs> casual sports fan. Right. And so I see the contact. Who is it? Danico Sound or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. I see the contact with the punter, and I, before the flag's even out of the ref's ass, I'm like you're like it's we tough. lost. Yeah, we it's knew, yeah,
2: yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's
1: over. There's like a minute left, and they're like, "Okay, we have no timeouts. <sighs> the game's over. They're gonna sit on it." And my poor wife, there, you know, it was it like Keyshawn Martin or whoever it was, is returning. Mm-hmm, it. it was Keyshawn, like, yeah, yeah, and
2: he was good, wasn't he? he oh, I, I was love Keyshawn. Keyshawn. But he's
1: taking it back, like to the Wisconsin twenty, and mm-hmm. and my wife is just like.
2: Freaking yeah, out, on, and, yeah. and you already know it's over. I'm like, let's yeah. go,
1: let's go. And you look at me like I was nuts. And then you know, I see the flag, and I, I'm just like,
2: we and, all know what the flag was. Oh, too. immediately, yeah, uh, the second, yeah.
1: My buddy's like, yeah, why, did him, why did we go after him though?
2: Why did we go after the punter? I will never understand that. You
1: had enough time. You had a good offense, and it made no sense. You had an NFL quarterback under center. Anyway, why are we talking about this? I, I don't
2: know. We like pain. How dare we you like for pain? It up? Well,
1: <laughs> I don't know how into the Detroit sports scene you are. I know, I know you strictly as the Michigan State gal, but. Uh, yeah, there's. Been I dabble. A lot of pain. I dabble. dabble? Yeah. I
2: dabble in Detroit sports. It's been a rough, rough stretch for Detroit, though.
1: Yeah, that's like a. a they're a drug right now. It's like saying you <laughs> dabble in heroin or something. But I mean, it's, it's like, I, I try to dabble, but they they suck me in and they just suck my life out of me. That's but.
2: that's my relationship with the Detroit Lions.
1: Oh, my God. Can we they, not talk about yeah. the Lions? Oh, I mean, just, we need to, yeah, no. that's that'll be one of our, our shows next week, actually, or the week after. But yeah, we'll do a deep dive on the Lions because I don't know what the hell they're doing. They're crazy. But um, they're anyway, crazy. well, we'll get this back on the rail. So I, we'll transition off Mel Tucker. We love him. You know, I think we love him very much. We love him very much. And we are understanding that. You have to either be like in indie or winning in indie for this to not be to me a failure. Like, if they go seven and five, eight and four every year, and never go to indie. Mm-hmm. Does nothing for me. Like, come on, right? We have really good Twitter graphics. We should play in India <laughs> at least once. I mean, with this budget, I mean, come on now. Come but, on. <laughs> uh, yeah, there uh, shout out. I, I think he's watching tonight. Blaze Watson, who's on that uh, graphics team, who does great a lot work. Of great awesome. work. He's awesome. He Amazing. did yours. He did your graphic.
2: Oh, I feel so honored.
1: Yeah, yeah. You had the Michigan State uh, graphics team doing graphics. Great work, you. guys.
2: By the way. Yeah,
1: they are awesome. And yeah, he messaged me because um, I I was asking for your uh, kind of final stuff for this week and. He's like, yeah, it's actually signing day on Tuesday, bro. So like, I might be a little busy. (laughs) (laughs) Just just a little preoccupied. I said, you have my full blessing. Like,
2: Take your time. Prioritize.
1: I mean, they did a great
2: job on signing day, too.
1: They did. Those
2: videos were awesome.
1: They are. I love what they're doing just across the board.
0: Those graphics they did for signing day are unreal. They are so Mm -hmm. good. I was looking at them. I was like, oh, my gosh, they took hours on this.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. you're a graphics guy, too, Ben, because you've made <laughs> some nice ones in your day. So that's like game recognizing game at that point. For, For me, sure. I'm just like, you know, it looks great. Like, you know, I, I'm easily impressed, but, like, they are legitimately doing a good job.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: anyway, we'll transition. Of course, we're staying in the East Lansing realm. But do you follow my good friend, who's been on the show, David Klein, the Wander Spartan Spartan? I love hopes.
2: DK, yeah.
1: DK, he's Spartan Hoops is
2: awesome content.
1: I just subscribed. That was like the third subscriber as soon as he tweeted out there going to like, like a, a paywall. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, I'm taking a sledgehammer to that paywall. Like I'm going right through that paywall. They are awesome. I, I mean, no, shout like, out
2: to soldier too. Great soldier
1: too. He actually like, doesn't like me, but I, I like him. There's, <laughs> there's a, lot, there's a lot of people like that. <laughs> he denies it. The guy, the guy trashes me on Twitter and you know, more of my takes. It's not like a, nothing personal. Yeah. And then, you know, he'd be like, Hey man, I like you. You're good. It's like, it's okay that you don't like me, Soldier. But MSU I like Twitter's him.
2: an interesting place, isn't it?
1: Oh, well, they're they're actually great. I have no yeah. problem with either of them. And DK is like my guy. I love that guy. And and nothing against Soldier, too. I've never met him. And he just he doesn't like my takes, but that's a long list of people that don't like my <laughs> takes. So it's he's in good company, good and expansive company at that. But yeah. So anyway, DK, great guy. I think he is the best follow. For Michigan State basketball, there.
2: Is. I agree. I mean, absolutely.
1: Like, he's better than the official Michigan State basketball account for following mm-hmm. the stuff. He made basically viral level news. It was December fifth. He had a, a Twitter video. He had actually told me about this earlier in the day that he was catching winds of all this drama with Amani Bates mm-hmm. and Jaden Akins. So, yeah. for the uninitiated, which are very few people watching this show, but Amani Bates is considered a. Probably Can't miss. Generational. The best,
2: yeah. the best recruit since like LeBron James.
1: So we're told. Yes. So we're told. A phenomenal recruit that we expect to reclassify and be on uh, somebody's team next year, um, even though he's technically. Ideally. Hopefully ours <laughs> in the class of 2022. And then there's Jaden Akins who does, I don't believe needs to reclassify. He is a like hard 20 he's signed, 2021. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's like signed, coming. Yeah. yeah. He's coming. So they're on this prep team in Ipsy and they have some kind of following out. So I, I'm not going to try to. Rehash it because let's just go right to the source. Um, You know, we can pull up the DK. uh, Let's let's pull up the audio here or the video here. This is something DK tweeted out regarding the Amani Bates, uh, Jaden Aikens drama that ended up with Jaden Aikens getting kicked off the team.
0: Uh, First and foremost, my understanding of the situation is there was a conflict that arose at practice, that words were exchanged and there was a question of both effort and sharing of the ball that had occurred. And as a result, the Bates camp took extreme exception to it. It came to a head. Um, during a game in which uh, Aikens had his head down, he missed Bates on the alley-oop, and Bates had extremely poor body language. I'll drop the video here below so you can see it. There was some questioning of his attitude, and just generally he was being cast in unfavorable light. And as a result, the Bates camp decided to push Aikens out. Um, I think it's utterly preposterous and ridiculous. He's a 17-year-old kid. The adults in the room should have squashed this beef. I coached high school basketball for six years. Kids are going to fight. Kids are going to call each other out and hold each other accountable. That's part of being involved in a great team, a team that wants to win. And so the fact that this wasn't squashed internally and handled appropriately, I think, says a lot about the situation surrounding Bates.
1: So that was a a mouthful from the wizard of Michigan State basketball. But, I mean, basically you you have this situation where you have a generational talent, the best prospect in 17 years supposedly, that is his dad coaches this team, runs this team, runs this prep team. It's a new prep team in Ipsy. And there's a conflict here. We'll let let DK kind of give his take on it. And I'm curious if you agree or disagree with his conclusion here.
0: I personally think it's beginning to look a lot – unlikely that he actually does show up. My understanding is Michigan State is aware of this situation, that the staff is supporting Aikens. Everything that I've heard about Aikens is that he's a hardworking, humble kid. I did an interview with him this summer, and he was well-spoken, well-mannered, and extremely nice. Um, he's a kid that really is thrust into a poor situation now that he's going to have to scramble to try to find a program. And I just think that long-term, I'm not going to you know look into a crystal ball and guess. Uh, But if there's a choice to be made in the situation between Higgins and Bates, for me, it's very simple. You choose Jaden Higgins.
1: So they got along so poorly that they literally kicked this kid off the team. And you have two guys on your plate, and you're Tom Izzo. Tara Stafford is jumping in the Tom Izzo suit and tie right now. And you have a generational number one guy versus a four-star, not even like a lesser five-star, but a four-star. Not that that's everything, but a Best recruit in 15 years versus, like, the 68th best recruit in this season. But Bates seems to be maybe in the wrong here, according to DK and those around the situation. If you're Tom Izzo and you have to pick, Imani Bates goes to you and says, I can't play with this guy. You know, it's him or me. What do you do if you're Tom Izzo?
2: I'm going with Jaden Akins. Um, You know, I think you got to take the multi-year possible starter over a guy who – you know, we don't even know if he would actually come to Michigan State. I mean, he has plenty of options. He can go to the G League. Um, you know, I don't think if he, you know, does do um, the college route, I don't think he'll be anywhere other than Michigan State. I think that that seems kind of clear. Um, but, you know, I think you got to go with Jaden Nagan's just because, you know, from what DK said and from what I've heard as well, he seems like a good kid. And That seems like something that should have been handled by the adults, right? They should have said, like, hey, cool it. Um, That should have been squashed. You know, it shouldn't have come to where you're leaving Jaden Aikens out in the dark in the middle of the season, right? Like, that just doesn't sit well with me. Um, And I would kind of start to worry about how Imani Bates would handle being coached by Tom Izzo, right? Like, he has been coached by his dad his entire life. And how is he going to handle Tom Izzo? Like, is he going to be able to handle that level of coaching? And Tom Izzo is a very demanding coach. And I'm not sure if that would mesh well. I don't know if you'd want to deal with the drama with the dad getting involved. And maybe he would be super involved in the coaching decisions and want to be kind of there. So, yeah, it it would just make me concerned. I think that Jaden Akins is the safer uh, bet to go with.
1: So even if, because, you know, you said who knows if Bates even comes. but you would go with Akins even if Amani shows up in Tom Izzo's office post COVID. They're all vaccinated. And he's got the pen in his hand and he's got the letter of intent. Says, I'll, I'll sign it. I'm going to be here if you kick Akins out, of Scholarship. You're still going with Akins.
2: I'm still going with Akins. I mean, obviously, I, wanna, I wanted to see Imani Bates here. I thought that when I heard that those two were playing together, that that was going to be a positive for MSU to begin with. I thought, hey, those two are going to get a chance to play together, they're going to have a relationship. That might help, Amani to come here, um, but I would still go with Akins. I think he's True. the sure thing.
1: I happen to agree with both of you, but I, I'm like cringing when I say it because this yeah. is. The I mean, I want
2: Amani Bates. Oh, of course. More we than all anything, do. I I I was so excited when he committed, and it was a pretty shocking commitment, right? I don't think anyone had the scoop on that. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Yes. And you know, none of us expected. That to happen at that time. I mean, it had been talked about. I mean, the relationship with Michigan State had been there, but didn't expect that commitment at that time.
1: It was the only school recruiting him. Only school of note recruiting him, which they've been open about because everyone thought like, "There's no way this." There's no way he's
2: going to play in school, right? Yeah, and we going right to the league,
1: right? And we still don't know if that's going to be the case or not. But it's like I worry about the Amani entourage. Where exactly? We all know we're talking about a kid. I think he's still. Technically, yeah, he's like technically a minor. 16. Yeah, so we're not gonna, I'm not gonna get too into the weeds here. Whereas if this were like a 24 year old, I would get into more detail. But I have just said it, I said it to DK, and I tiptoe around it, and you can, you know, not even respond if you don't want to. But there's some concerning things on his Instagram yeah, things I've that are. I've seen those. Yeah, yeah. You've seen I've them. I've seen
2: the live. Yeah.
1: You've seen them. I'm yeah. not gonna quote him. No. He's a kid. We're, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He's a young kid.
1: But there's things where I see like Max Christie or Jaden Akins where they're just they seem to have like a A maturity yeah Yeah. but it's
2: understandable I mean he's a young kid he's what 16 and you know but when you see those kind of things it does kind of make you take a pause um it's it's concerning yeah it is concerning
1: and you know you made the the ultimate point right out of the gate with being coached by Tom Izzo and we've followed Tom Izzo for I mean I have for quarter century and Mm -hmm. this is not a guy that Makes exceptions for guys that want to break the rules. Like he will throw your ass off the team. That that Michigan State team when Corey Lucius was still here could have really used Corey Lucius for an extra year. Got him out. Just yeah. he, he wasn't uh, fitting the bill. Chris Allen got him out and they ended might, up yeah. all playing with Hoiberg at Iowa State, which is like transfer you at that time. But you know he's not. He doesn't make exceptions. But he's also never been introduced with an exception of this talent. And sports are That's always true. about accommodating that level. But I don't know. You said what you would do. Mm -hmm. What do you think Tom Izzo would do? Do you think he agrees with us that if it's one or the other, he goes with the less heralded? Oh, I I do
2: think Tom Izzo would go with Akins. You know, Akins to me, like DK said, he I think he was the one that was in the right here. You know, I don't. The adults should have handled this. It shouldn't have gotten to this level, and it's kind of ridiculous to me to just kick this kid off for what they said he was being selfish or something he like didn't it pass was him the rock, ball like, enough amani takes amani scores like 60 points a game <laughs> yeah, okay like, how much more do you want do you want 100 like what what's the right, limit here you right.
1: know just look at the shot attempts like mm-hmm. the guy the guy is the highest volume he's the highest volume I mean he's by like far. a
2: baby Durant to me I mean yeah he's incredible to watch but I mean he's getting shots you know, if anyone's getting shots, it's Imani.
1: And I look, I'm not comparing the talent because I do think Bates is flat out more talented than Akins, but Akins has looked yeah. a lot better than anyone anticipated. And mm-hmm. I think that was DK's takeaway as well. It's like he's a solid kid. He's a, wanted to be a Spartan since he was like four years old. But like that guy's actually really good. I mean, he, he is. He's dynamic. He's
2: very talented. He's quick. He's everything you'd want in a point guard.
1: You don't throw that guy out. No, you, you don't. just no. you just don't. So no. we all agree. But we all do it with like a, a tear coming down our eye because because we
2: wanted it to work, right? Like we, it's yeah.
1: We're not Duke or Kentucky where it's no. like okay. I mean, Bates might be better than the average number one recruit in any given year, but if Duke or Kentucky or North Carolina loses out on a guy, it's like okay, we're going to be in competition for the second or third rank recruit. Michigan State really, very rarely is in competition for one of those top three guys. You see, like I think Jaron Jackson was like the fifth. Miles mm-hmm. Bridges was like the 12th, which I mean, they're great, great recruits. Right. But those generational, like, this guy's going to have 20 points a game his freshman season and get you to the final four, just him, basically, or Elite Eight or whatever, the Zion Williamson type. We just don't get that guy. No, no. We just haven't. No. And this was finally the guy, in my opinion, and, and it still could happen. It, it's, you know, I mean, not he's re- in the
2: state of Michigan. So it's like, yeah. normally, a lot of these top players, they're not, In our general radius, right? So, that's like the guy. You know, he's from Michigan, and he's been to Michigan State's campus probably a million times. Yes, and he's got that relationship with Tommaso. Tommaso's been the coach his whole life, plus more. And so, it's like that seemed like the guy to get. If he's going to play college, it'd be at Michigan State. But it's seeming a little bit less likely, I think now.
1: It's heartbreaking. It is. I'm tired of this. Has been, and, and look. I'll be frank. I'm going to come off like a, a spoiled <laughs> wiener. But I'm tired of coming close to no cigar. I've been the all these final four losses. I'm I'm getting, you know, the and the near misses of the lead eight with the UConn team that we have a 9 point lead with 9 minutes left and we I blow mean, it. I mean
2: that UNC team we lost to though was like one of the best of all time. Well, yeah, that that's, team was just a buzzsaw.
1: That's for, forgivable, but yeah. losing to that Butler team I mean,
2: I mean that was I mean he was fouled. He was. Draymond was fouled.
1: And but just uh, Lucas being down which is no one's fault but it's like
2: the unfortunate luck it just always the, seems to just kind of nip big us. The big 10
1: player of the year. The guy was the big 10 player of the year that season. He was the he was the best player on the team and I mean it was technically a 2 point loss because of the intentional foul at the end or whatever or the intentional miss I mean by uh, mm-hmm. Lucius when they needed the rebound but it's basically a 1 point loss and your best player was on crutches on the sideline and yeah. it's like
2: Come that, on. Yeah.
1: The Duke team that ended up beating Butler, it's like a B minus Duke team. It was one of the worst. I mean, they're, they're national champs, but as national champions go, it's like one of the worst national yeah. champions ever. So it's just, I'm tired of it. And it, it's not that I'm mad at Izzo. Like, Tom is a like, God build the statue right now. I love him. It's yeah, not, like, absolutely. It, but it's just, it's been so many kicks in the gut. And it, it just feels like they need that transcendent guy to just finally get them over. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious for your perspective on Izzo. Izzo's been very frank that he needs that second national title. And the way he's phrased it, he says, you know, the list of guys that have won one is pretty long. Once you go to that two, it, like, shrinks way down. And then once it's three, it's like, what, eight guys or something? Yeah, I mean, it gets really Yeah, it small. gets real
2: small. Yeah, elite but company.
1: he thinks he needs it to cement his legacy. I know that you don't think he needs it to be considered Great. But do you think that it is a, a jump that he needs to make to be considered one of the greats to get that second one? Because he thinks that.
2: I mean, I think Tom Izzo, outside of us, is well-respected. And, you know, we all know what he's done. I mean, the Final Fours, and we haven't quite gotten over that hump. It's going to be our 20th twentieth year without a title. And, you know, you look at last year's team, I think that team also could have had a really shot, really big shot at um, the title as well, which is unfortunate due to COVID. It was canceled. Um, The way Cassius was playing at that time, I think we had a real shot at it, which is unfortunate. But, you know, I, I personally don't think he needs a second title, but I want it so desperately for him just because of how much he wants it. You know, he really talks about it and he's not. He's not shying away from wanting that second title. It's something he talks about all the time that he wants that second title. And although I don't think he needs it to be great, I I want it desperately for him.
1: Yes. And I I happen to 90% agree with you. I think he does, he needs it to be considered one of the all time greats. He is now respected nationally and considered like regionally great. But for him to be in that pan, you know, uh, upper level where he is respected with maybe not at Coach K's level, he's got like nine titles, but just in <laughs> that kind of conversation with Petino and maybe mm-hmm. Roy Williams, you gotta have two. And it's, uh, you, I mean, you mentioned 20 years. That goes for the whole conference. It's bizarre to me that the it Big is. Ten, that we have the last one. And I, I was in middle school when it happened. It's like, I know. And you have it's been a long problems. time. I mean, you yeah. had always been in the game. Purdue should have been in the final four two years ago. But yeah, I don't know. You, you mentioned last year's team. I'll go to my grave and maybe it's awfully convenient thinking that that team was going to win the whole i team.
2: I feel the same way. I think that same thing.
1: You checked every box. Yeah. You had the senior leader point guard. You had a, a deep roster. They could go. They just went
2: to a Final Four. Yeah. They had been there.
1: Yeah. Nine or ten deep. There was no juggernaut in the field. There was no, no like, It was dragon. anyone's game.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was anyone's. Yeah.
1: N- who knows? I mean, weird stuff happens, but they had. <laughs> we
2: certainly know weird stuff happens. Yes. High Middle Tennessee State. Yeah.
1: Well, they, oh, God. <laughs> the tournament's weird, but I will go to my grave thinking that they had the best chance, if not that they were going to ultimately I mean win. they
2: were heating up at the right time which is what you want you know they were starting to really gel and come together yes and it it really had that feel like when you watched that home game the final home game against Ohio State you just kind of had that like feeling like this team is special and we've always thought it's special but to actually see it come together all at once i mean that game i just like you could feel it in the building you know that something this team could do something big and, and it unfortunately, was, it shut down right after. So,
1: And it was the game. Was it one game before that or two games before that? I think it was on the road at Penn State. Yeah,
2: that game, yeah.
1: That was a great game. But did you, did you see or do you remember the exchange where Tom Izzo on the sideline, breaking his fingers on his own hand, trying to call a timeout? And Winston... Just kind of like corner of his eye glances and just totally blows them off. And
2: they have a little bit of a scuffle. Yeah, yeah a little bit of a scuffle was full ensuing, out, but
1: yeah. it was a key possession too. It was like mm-hmm. three or four minutes left in the game or whatever it was. A close game, back and forth, and it was a big critical possession in the sequence of that game. And Winston basically just tells Izzo to f, f you, yeah, and you know. then he he wasn't the one that scored, but he set up he set up someone right under the basket for a up. It was a great play by. And he's him. like, mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 Izzo screaming at him on the sideline, and Winston got in his face. And I I came on this show, the uh, previous version of this show, and said, I have been waiting to see Cassius Winston have that snarl for four years. Yeah, and I didn't know he had it in him.
2: No, he's always been such a nice, polite, respectful guy. And, you know, I do consider him a leader, but he wasn't the kind of leader that Draymond was. You know, Draymond was very much of an old school get in your face, yell at you, kind of ream you out type of guy. Whereas Cassius is more of a lead by example, a bit more of a quiet type. But yeah, you're right. Like when you saw that out of him, you're like, whoa, Cassius, where has this been? Like, where has this been this whole time? And I, it's just so unfortunate with the way that whole season went. I mean, you know, losing his brother and how tough that was. And, you know, the MSU community, I felt like really rallied around Cassius and it was kind of a really cool thing um, to see the love and support that we all kind of gave to him. And, you know, he loves Michigan State and it's just a shame that we never got to see um, that title run or that run in March, you know, but, you know, it'll always go down as one of the biggest what ifs, I think.
1: We had uh, McQuaid in studio talking about the Texas Tech loss. And I mean, he, he basically <laughs> yeah. said, They're gassed. He said they were tired, but, uh, you know, Winston was, bang- I can't remember if he said this on the air because we were talking about it after, too. He was a little more like open. I don't want to like throw him under the bus, but Winston was banged up in that game. I mean,
2: his knee. Yeah, I his mean, knee. Yeah, his he knee. specifically talked yeah. about the knee. I mean, knee. it was because he was playing 40 minutes a game. Yes. Constantly.
1: And that is why, and everyone calls me Captain Asshole, and maybe it's fair, but I was so critical of Michigan State's coaching staff for, particularly, I'm sorry, and he's a great guy, but Dane Fife for whiffing on the foster lawyer recruitment. Because, to me, if you have a competent backup point guard that season, Michigan State's national champions that year. I I will believe that till I die. And you could have... Freshman or sophomore year, Travis Trice or freshman or sophomore year, Corey Lucius. I'm not saying stud. Have point a stud, card. right?
2: Just a, a backup that can play ten minutes without, and not fall down. Well, yeah, not.
1: Just, yeah, they could even play him. He was unplayable, and it's like you know, it's not nothing personal. Lawyer seems like maybe the nicest guy on the whole team, but it's like that cost them a national title, and and I I didn't say that as harshly to McQuaid, but I I, <laughs> I did say to him. Off air, I think you guys were really hurt by the lack of depth of point guard, which, you know, without naming names. And he said, "Uh, Not naming names. He goes, Yeah, yeah. Well, and he knew, but he agreed. He said, Yeah, there's no question. It's like we had one guy that just had to carry the whole load. And it's not just that he didn't have a backup, but what they were asking him to do, the usage, how much he was, you know, 40 minutes is one thing, 40 minutes of that style.
2: Extended usage, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Cassius isn't exactly built for that either I mean he's not an athletic freak of nature you know he's like you see Cassius and you're like that guy is that good well he doesn't look like but he has old man game you know but the
1: ultimate old man <laughs> yeah. game. he has yeah. the best old man game yeah he but does this is what I'm talking about though with like the near misses like the 2009 Michigan State team which happens to be my favorite uh, iteration of Michigan State basketball ever had the toughest path objectively in the history of the tournament they had to play the Pac-10 champion USC Trojans, a good Which solid is a team. Which was a really tough game. Yes. Yeah. The def- Travis Walton bailed us out of all people. Travis Walton Travis Walton, Walton goes to up. go
2: off on offense, yeah. the guy who couldn't shoot for like three years. <laughs> the game of his <laughs> life.
1: Then they have to play the defending national champion, three seed, still really good team, Kansas. Mm-hmm. So they knocked them off. They have to play the number one overall seed in the whole tournament, Louisville, who, just, who just destroyed, was it Arizona or Arizona State? Just mm-hmm. destroyed, I think it was Arizona State, the previous game. They looked like they were going to win the whole thing. They dominated Louisville. Then they have to play another one seed in
2: UConn. UConn has like freak athlete, yeah, you like I mean, that huge guy Hashim to beat. Was yeah, to who beat? went second overall like two yeah. months later in the yeah. draft. He was a bust, but still a yeah, freak. Huge player. dude. Yeah.
1: And and then they have to play another one seed and maybe one of the best teams in the last ten to twenty years in UNC. So it's like defending Pac-10 champion. Are a reigning packed in champion, defending national champion, number one overall seed, one seed, one seed. They had to play three straight one seeds. Yeah. And they finally succumbed. But the vast majority of seasons, if you can you look throughout history, that team, that oh nine group wins the whole thing. When,
2: yeah. Oh, absolutely. They were oh, better 100%. than the Zone. It was just team. they ran into the Buzz a Buzzsaw. Yeah. yeah. Just the unfortunate year of running into a, you know, North Carolina team that was just so stacked. Like yes. I mean, it was just, you knew like within like a couple minutes of that game that it was going to be over. It was it's like bad. we didn't have a chance. Yeah.
1: If you go back and, cause that is a game I actually watched one time after the I haven't fight.
2: watched it since. No.
1: I don't recommend it. But.
2: No. It wasn't a fun one. But
1: Suton was actually good. That's what like yeah. people forget. Like Suton was like 14 and 10 in that game. Like Suton actually Talk about well. a career
2: though with Suton. I mean, I remember that. Do you remember that Gonzaga game? Like uh, yeah. His, that was his first And He missed year. that layup. Yeah. He blew- and I was so upset with. With him for so long and then his senior year he just blossomed into this like stretch you know guy who could shoot you know the lights out and you know that he's he's one of those guys i think we forget about how good he was genuinely i have so a, a
1: suton uh game worn jersey in my collection here and i that i got from him personally wow. and i it was right after his senior year right after that final four run and i had asked him because his run in that tournament. He was the regional player um MVP uh when they knocked off uh, Louisville and, and Kansas in the game prior. But I asked him, I said, like, look, man, I defended you for years. My friends used to make fun of me for like him. And we're gonna get into like our pet Spartans later. But like I, I defended that guy. I always thought he was underrated, always had his back. Sometimes I'm wrong about these guys, but I, I nailed him. I always knew there was more there. But I asked, him, I said like where did that come from? And according to Suton, Izzo told him on the eve of the first game of that tournament, whoever it was, Robert Morris or whoever they played, that I just want you to play loose. That, you know, you've been tight for the last two months. Just And he used expletives. But he told <laughs> Suton before that tournament, just let fucking go. Just let, let yourself, it go. This let is your fly. last fucking – he he said – Izzo was, like, yelling at him. I'm like, this is your last fucking run. Like, don't hold anything back. Basically saying, look, I know you've had more in you this whole time. Like, don't go down like a punk. Like, show – this is it. Because yeah. if we lose, you're done. And he said that got him going where it was like, okay, I'm we're on now.
2: Like, hit I'm the not, switch. Yeah. yeah. And
1: that's Izzo is smart. He great knows. Coaching.
2: I mean, he knows his players. Yes. He knows. And sometimes Izzo gets some flack. I mean, you look at, you know, with Aaron Henry, that whole uh chaos. And it's like Ridiculous. when Yeah. I thought that was way overblown, but when people see a, a coach yelling at a player like that. Um, And they don't know Tom Izzo or they don't know our program intimately, they're going to go, What is it? This guy's out of control. You know, he's unhinged. But, and then, but us knowing we're close to the situation, we know that, you know, Izzo is like a father figure. He's, you know, he's such a great guy and he loves his players and they love him. I mean, they all come back all the time. You know, we constantly have former players around the program and, you know, we know it's not as big of a deal. And Aaron Henry played great after that too, so it was like kind of yeah. ridiculous.
1: And he was one of the ones that came out. I mean, you mentioned yeah. the players defend him. He was the one that talked to the media and was like, "Oh, I love when he yells at me. Like, yeah. I need the coaching. Well, he's right." I was you
2: when know. you come to Michigan State, you know, you're going to be coached hard, right? Yeah, you know that that's coming with it, and you should expect it. And if you don't get it, then I think he doesn't see anything in you. You know, he's not. There's nothing there to to try to pull out.
1: Where do you stand on this year's team? Because mm-hmm. they look great, ranked number four, undefeated. And I still feel like I have no feel for them at all.
2: I, I'm feeling the same way. I, I don't know. Like, they've looked pretty good. I feel like we haven't. I mean, that Duke win was great. But then Duke lost again. Um, so, you know, you kind of like we're feeling really good after the Duke game. But so far, I mean, they've had some a bit of struggles with turnovers, which is usual for an early MSU team. They kind of just feel like a normal early-season MSU team, but, I mean, they've been a bit polished. But um, I still don't have a great feel. I think once we get into Big Ten play, I mean, this Big Ten is so strong, and we're going to know very quickly, um, you know, who's going to be good in this conference and who's not. So
1: I think it's interesting. I, I talked to your good friend, Kyle Arns,
2: Love Kyle. Uh, it's, Kyle Arnes fan club stand up. I know you love Kyle.
1: <laughs> I love I, Kyle. Yeah. He's a, he's a great guy. I, I had lunch with him uh, about a month ago now and we were just talking, I mean, obviously he's, he's gone. He's not there now, but I did ask him about the element of cash, And this was before Michigan state had tipped off it was right on the eve of the season. And I was asking him about the dynamic with cash is gone. Cause it's like, we talked about the usage earlier. It's not just, you lost your best player. Like Draymond was the best player and he left, but he didn't have the ball like 96% of the time.
2: I mean, and our whole offense was Cassius pick and roll with yeah. him and Xavier Tillman, both gone. So right. then you're going, what, what is this now?
1: And, but Arns' Arns's point was, and I think it's proved prescient, was like this is going to open up so many opportunities for guys that are like, you know, we're kind of like sitting around. Like just because even guys they that are They have to the be floor. more active. Yeah, yeah, they
2: have to. They can't just wait for Cassius to bail you out anymore.
1: Right. And it's almost... Like, look, if Winston had appealed for a fifth year for whatever reason and somehow had gotten it, like, come on back. I'm not saying. Oh,
2: I would bring him (laughs) back tomorrow. Like, come here. Right. right
1: Just to clarify that up front. (laughs) But with that said, it's not all bad that he's gone just in that you can't rely on on him anymore, Mm. you know. Papa's gone. He was the daddy of that team. <laughs> he was, and, and other guys had to step up. And it's mm-hmm. like there, there was a lot of, in my opinion, in wins, it, it, it was successful. But there was a lot of standing around. You watch those yeah. Michigan games that you know that junior year where he went three and zero. I'll never complain about a three and zero. Never. Whatever strategy <laughs> you did, great. But <laughs> watching those games, there was a lot of standing around waiting for Cassius to do something, Dude, and yeah. he normally did you're seeing there's more in guys that we didn't even know they had, in my opinion. That's what yeah, I'm Yeah, I
2: mean, I think one of those guys is Aaron Henry. I mean, he's kind of become a bit more of a facilitator. He's more of like a point forward. Um, he's making so many plays for other people. I mean, his assist numbers have gone up. And I, I feel like we're seeing a different side of Aaron Henry that I've wanted to see for a while, which is just he's been more aggressive. Um, he His shots haven't quite been there yet. I think that'll come around for him. But it's been really exciting to see more guys with the ball. And, I mean, this team has, we've had, like, there's no, like, main guy. You know, I mean, Rocket Watts is always going to be Rocket Watts, you know. But I feel like there's not one guy. There's no Cassius. You know, there's not that central player that people have to focus on. It's kind of like you got to guard all these guys.
1: It's a team of, like, B-plus guys, Mm -hmm. which is great. There's no
2: star. There's no main I mean, Rocket Watts would be the guy if you had to pick one, but
1: he's you know, not at that level. Not at not that. L- yet.
2: Not not yet. No.
1: Do You disagree with Derek Nix that Lawyer is going to be the second leading scorer on the team this year? Uh, did you
2: see that? I did not see that. Derek
1: Nix after that first RIP game to against the
2: competition. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, and I, I love Derek Nix for so <laughs> yeah. not stomping on a, a no. good Spartan dog. Yeah, but he and I, I you know quote tweeted him at the time. but It was right after the Eastern game, the first game of the year. And I warned everyone in advance. I mean, that's in my feed. I was like, I know well, you let's...
2: came after me too. You really were... <laughs> did I? I think you did. You were like, let's see how it is after oh, uh, the yeah. first game. Oh well, yeah. I'm
1: vindicated, by the way, you got you, like yeah, seven it points. Did, it you, did age you, well. But and this is why you're the yin to my yang, or I'm you know mm-hmm. the yin to your yang, whatever it is. Whatever the good one is is you, and the bad one is me. I'm the I'm like the black, the dark circle. <laughs> so I mean, you are more glass half full. I'm more glass half empty. At right. the end of the day. We both want to drink the milk of the national title. I mean, that's exactly that, We I mean, all want the same thing. We the want end. the same yeah, thing. Yeah, we, we just, do. Different perspectives. But right. I, I, yeah, I I do not buy, and I talked about it on this show, there was a conga line of stories all offseason about, lawyer's oh, a different guy, just wait and see. And then he has that first game against Eastern where he goes off for 20. And it was viewed as an affirmation of the offseason stories that we were seeing. hmm and I'm still not seeing it. I mean, as soon as the competition right. got better, he's a little better. He's not I was going to say,
2: I mean, we got to give him some credit. I thought that when he came in the Duke game and he's come in other games, he does seem a bit more confident, right? Like in previous years, I felt like when Lawyer would come in, I'm like clenched. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. What's going to happen? You know, he kind of had this deer in headlights. He looked uncomfortable with the ball. I feel like he looks a bit more confident. And, I mean, he's drawing charges. So, I mean, he's not completely – not doing anything out there. Um, I would like to see him shoot a bit more because, I mean, he's got – that's what he's known for, right? And we haven't exactly seen it all in a consistent pattern yet. But, you know, I th- i think we got to give him some credit. I mean, there is improvement. And, you know, it is hard to be the guy behind the guy, right? It's hard to be behind Cassius Winston, like one of the best point guards we've had in the program. And that's a hard guy to follow up. And, you know – Lawyer hasn't exactly lived up to the expectations. I'm trying to be nice here, but, um, you the know, white I...
1: I <laughs> you're the white circle.
2: <laughs> but I do think he has improved, but he's certainly not where we need him to be right now.
1: No, and that's my concern is where I, I think they're running into it again, where if they had a better backup point guard, or even, like, I mean, they don't really have a point guard. They, I mean, you know, they, they don't even Rocket really Watts more.
2: isn't really... No. Uh, he's not a natural point guard.
1: And this is a team, In my, it's very early, but in my opinion, if you had a Travis Trice, just a, in my opinion, a B-minus point good. guard.
2: Good, good. Good B, B-minus.
1: Mm-hmm. They could win the whole f'n thing. But absent of that, someone stepping up. I'm having that anxiety I had two years ago where it's
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, I just had a little better point guard play.
2: I mean, if Rocket Watts gets hurt, we're we're in some trouble. Yeah. We're in some trouble. We're an injury away from some trouble.
1: Hogard looks like a guy that'll be good in like a two couple years. years. Yeah. Like he's yeah. going to be a late blue, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, even, Trace I like
2: the first. cut of his jib though. He's got some confidence, you know, when he goes out there with the second unit, well, third unit, um, uh, he, he shoots the rock, you know, he doesn't look too bad, but he's, he's definitely a bigger guy too. He's, 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 he's definitely a different kind of point guard, but um, you know, I, I don't think he'll be ready for a couple of years.
1: Where's the ceiling for this team? I mean, I, we all know mm-hmm. it's early, but we're, I mean, is this, can we dream big national title, big I think final
2: four, four, you know, I think final four should always be the expectation for this program. Um, that's where, you know, we, we know, and that's kind of what I was talking to a friend about is that, you know, MSU basketball, we, we always shoot for national titles. Right. And. That can sometimes make seasons a little disappointing at the end of the year because we're like, oh, we didn't get a national title. But, you know, we've won three straight Big Ten titles. We've had so much success, so many Final Fours that other programs would kill to have one of those. Yeah. And so we're a little spoiled. But at the same time, you know, we, we should expect good things from our program. We should expect Final Fours um, based on... The players that we have,
1: I think we're going to see Joey House or Pop. And, oh and man,
2: yeah, I'm excited about him.
1: I, I love him, and this may mm-hmm. be denial on my part because he <laughs> hasn't looked as. I was telling everyone he's going like to be 20 and 10, like rolling mm-hmm. out of bed and. So like maybe I'm going down with the ship, but like his he's not shooting well and he's no, a great shooter. And he's, he's a great shooter. And yeah. he's still productive. I mean, what is he like I 13 mean, and 10 right now? Yeah,
2: he he's he gets like every rebound somehow. Yeah. yeah he's, like he's like always in double well. figures. Yeah. And he's still not quite all there. And I think some of that though is a little bit of rust, right? And he's in a new program and he had to sit out the year. And so, you know, I think there's still a little bit of rust in getting used to. The system, But I hope by, you know, the middle of Big Ten player before then, he kind of shakes out of it and breaks out because we definitely could use that.
1: He's the X factor to me. I mean, everyone says it's Rocket Watts. Like to me, I'm counting on Rocket Watts to get better and be good. Mm-hmm. Hauser is the one where.
2: He gives us something different. Yeah. We've never, never had, had a guy like that. We no.
1: have never had a guy like that. And it's funny because I, you know, I watched him a little bit his freshman year at Marquette. And he's, a in my opinion, was a great passer. And Izzo has said he was a great passer in practice and all their scrimmages. Yeah,
2: he was really talking him up, too. And Izzo's not one to just give out praise like that. No. He's like, he could be one of my best passing big men ever. And, and we I was haven't like, seen what? that
1: either. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you look at the guy, he's being productive. He's, you know, whatever he is, 13 and 10. He's producing. And just eyeball test, he's grossly underachieving. So yeah. it's like if this guy gets a little bit better, which you would anticipate as that, as you mentioned, the rust is shaking off mm-hmm. a little bit. I just, I, I have the utmost respect for that guy's game. Mm-hmm. I am a huge I love it. Howser yeah, fan. Yeah,
2: it's really fun to watch him play. And I do think, like, he'll, he will get more comfortable, I think, and kind of break out of it. But another guy is, like, Josh Langford. I didn't know what to expect with him this year. And, you know, he's starting. He's playing minutes. I think there's still a little bit of rust with him, too. Um, but I was surprised to get anything out of him, to be honest. Like, I wasn't sure what to expect.
1: He's all gravy. I mean, that's kind yeah. of, and I, and I still feel that way now. It's like I just have that dread for him of you know, of every, like
2: every you know, time he like falls weird, I'm or like oh.
1: lands like from a jump shot. Even yeah, it's, just,
2: it's like I have like a little tinge. I'm like, Ooh, please be okay, right? And yeah. he has a little bit I'm, of that
1: Grant Hill thing of like with the foot. I think it was like it's the, the way same. he
2: like falls, and it yeah. just kind of like makes yeah. me nervous.
1: And Grant Hill, who had access to the best doctors in the world, you know, had like nine ankle surgeries. It's just it's such like a shitty situation for mm-hmm. him but anyway i i'm hopeful i don't think it's a national title team but at the same time i'm not seeing but any... things
2: could break right you know it's, right. that's you got to be in that though you got to get to that final four to hopefully have things break your way for once can we have i would once? like an
1: easy path like i mean yeah, god, just, god bless that <laughs> michigan team that that was playing oh like my loyola, gosh loyal <laughs> yeah Florida state i would Vatek kill for that yeah it's like the the poor oh nine spartans are like we had to play the, this just parade of one seeds and mm-hmm. defending national champions and it's like well, you played freaking loyola like it's just <laughs> michigan state needs a break i you know you go back to O nine 9 juggernaut. The twenty ten, KO Lucas goes down. Mm-hmm. You know, the UConn loss was at 13 or 14. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just we're, we've been so close, and I, I I just wanted to finally break through, which is why I really want to tell Imani Bates, look. <laughs> look, Imani, I appreciate the ultimatum. I appreciate that you're the dog down there and you're the man. Can you just get along with Jaden? Can, can we, can we all,
2: can make we up? Just... Can we all just get along? <laughs> yeah, can this... we all just be friends? Right. I,
1: I'm not saying tolerate a lot of nonsense, but don't be no nonsense either, Coach Izzo. Like can you tolerate a little bit? Like just yeah. be a little open minded because this is a generational talent that I might mean, finally get you in the second rank.
2: I've wanted I've wanted Amani Bates to come here and it's it's I mean, we all do. I you'd be crazy to say, I don't want that guy here. Um of course we want to see him play here and especially I mean, we'd be the favorites, right? If he came here and played one year or whatever it would be. Well, oh, if he's here, sure it's the favorites in yeah, Vegas. Yeah. Favorites, yeah. And, you know, it'd be kind of fun to have that for once. But, you know, I, I, I'm I just kind of keeping my expectations low so I don't get hurt. Um, either way, I'm going to be hurt. I know I'm going to be hurt, but. If I keep my expectations low and tell myself he's not coming here, it, it might hurt less. Yeah. Probably not,
1: though. It'll take the sting off. The one <laughs> thing I'll say is we have a bunch of, like, scabs all over our body from, like— Oh, my gosh. Lola all Swanagan. the
2: recruiting woes. <laughs> <lows>. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, my gosh. Josh
1: Jackson. I mean, you Being mentioned— so close. —Michigan guys. Like, Josh Jackson was a local kid that left, and now is back home with the Pistons. But it's like, mm-hmm. we have— Look, it's a good been problem. So to have, we've yeah. been so close. But we've been so close. So close. This team has been one. And the thing is, it's not just the kick in the nuts at the time when they go to Duke or UNC or wherever they go. But when you look back in hindsight, and it's like the team that they did have was. If they
2: would was just have one more player, one, one more, more guy. Yeah. yeah. And just we've, missing that one yeah. NBA player.
1: And Amani's the guy. So I hope it works out. So you did great on the Michigan State stuff. I, I mean, we do a, a fun thing called the speed round. And we're, we're we're gonna rip through. I kept at Michigan State because you're the Michigan State expert. You're married to Michigan State, almost literally. But just great job by you on everything. So Thanks. I mean, yeah, yeah, I feel a little Appreciate smarter it. having spoken with you. Oh, well, so thank you. We do the speed round. It's not, it's similar to word association, but you can say more than a word. You can say, you know, one to five yeah. sentences. Say, you know, talk as much as you want, but we try to keep it tight. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question, say something. i will be on the board too if you want to look at our, our sexy line of it up there.
2: Beautiful graphic. Huh?
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to Eric Williamson on his couch in his boxes watching it. So we'll start off with this. This is what I ask Michigan State fans all over the place most wonderful moment that I can think of in the football program's history in my lifetime. Where were you during Trouble with the Snap?
2: So that's uh, an interesting story. I was at Michigan State at the time. Uh, I was going there and I was watching it in my room. And I was watching it with a girl who didn't know football. And she was telling me that the game wasn't over. And I told her it was. And then, you know, we all know what happened after that.
1: It was wonderful. I'll be. I'll interject really quick with mine. So I was at the game, and obviously it's at the big house, and we're in like these tickets that are Michigan season ticket holders' tickets, so it's all Michigan. There's like no friendlies <laughs> around, and it's my brother and my uh, his wife and uh, my buddy. So they're lining up for the punt, which there was a timeout. Harbaugh took it down the one second on the play clock. Call. Called his timeout, so there's this like sixty second break. There's this guy who was probably mid twenties, you know, a few years younger than me at the time. Michigan fan who had been yelling the entire game, if we even clapped for Michigan State, just we weren't obnoxious. Just going at you. He was, oh, fuck you guys. So he's literally, they're kind of like shuffling back onto the field, the lineup for the punt out of the timeout. They're taking their last swig of Gatorade. And this guy is literally, it's my brother standing here, and I'm right next to him, and he's got his head between us. And he's saying, you know, this is a quote, so forgive me, but (laughs) – Fuck you, Spartan faggots. Fuck you, you cock-sucking faggots. How's it feel? You come up into our house. You fucking lost. Going to be a long walk home, motherfucker. Like, right in my ear, calling us faggots, every gay slur. And Jeez. this is literally, like, as they're breaking – it's still going on. They're breaking the huddle, like, the lineup for the punt, and, and he's just going off. And then <laughs> the Snap is obviously fucked up. And it just <laughs> – Guy he goes dead was dead silent. He was <laughs> silent, <laughs> and so it's you know, my brother and I turned around after the time, I like, like blacked who? out. I don't even remember what's scoring. I was just like, "What the hell's going on?" But we we turned around, and we're like, "What was that? What was that?" And oh, he like he, yeah. he he tried to like punch me. He like came after me. Wow. and they, they held him back. And but yeah, so that was I was literally getting berated and called a, a, a myriad of gay slurs and you know, homo and faggot. this, it's just like.
2: It's Real. gotta make that a little sweeter, though. You're like, what oh, it was it was, it was yeah. great,
1: but it's like that was the ultimate comeuppance. It was mm-hmm. just the greatest moment for a number of reasons. But anyway, here's me hijacking your turn. No,
2: oh, you're
1: good. We'll move on. We mentioned this earlier. I talked about Sutan. He was the guy that I loved, even though no one else loved him. Who is your guilty pleasure, Spartan? Who's the one that like you like that you're kind of a sucker for, and you like it more than the average Spartan fan, or maybe the average Spartan fan should. Do you I mean, have one?
2: I think that's obvious, Kyle Arns.
1: It is Kyle Arns.
2: Of course.
1: That's a good one, but I will say, and there's no wrong answer, but Arns was actually like a key contributor, so that, and so was Suton. Okay. So that, you're not wrong It's because <laughs> Sutton was mine, but Arns, Sutton was hated. I, I right. put, we, we put Steven Izzo on the graphic because like I just, you know.
2: you got to love some Steven Izzo.
1: Well, and nothing <laughs> against Steven Izzo, and it's like what my brother said, like, hey, if, if it's a four-year contract extension for Tom Izzo in, in effect – bring it on but so you had an irrational love well for Kyle Arms. what was it I mean was it like
2: I liked his grittiness um, you know I think he was just kind of that quintessential program guy a guy who just kind of embodies being a Spartan I mean he played through a million and a half injuries I think he broke everything sprained everything tore everything in his body and he still found it in his body to you know go out there rebound do whatever he had to do he's floor slapping even though he has a hurt back um, I just love the the effort he brought every time he was on the court.
1: We shared our love for Kyle Arnes. I love Kyle. Uh, Kyle's just, great. He's a great guy, but just I remember that game in Ann Arbor his junior year, um, you know, jogging up and down the hall in Chrysler, just trying to stay loose because if he sat on the – when he was out, he was playing in the game, but when they would pull him out, he couldn't sit on the bench because his back would tighten up. So he was doing, like, calisthenics, like, up, <laughs> up and down the tunnel, like, to the locker room. You could see him from the seats. Like, we, mm-hmm. we were looking right at him, and he's just trying to stay loose. And that guy just had so much heart. So, yeah, there's I nothing wrong. I had to wrong.
2: give a shout-out to him anyway.
1: He's, it's a good answer. <laughs> it's a good answer. And just honestly, like, one of the nicest guys I've met associated with that program, too. So mm-hmm. Good answer. Moving on, your worst night as a Spartan fan.
2: Well, we already talked about it. Um, it's going to be the Wisconsin. Uh, that was yeah, the worst one. That's by far the worst. Yeah, yeah. that's. I've that's never nice felt lower as a fan. Um, it just ripped a piece of my heart out for sure. It was awful. Seeing that flag come up, just, yep. I never thought, I thought we were so close at that point to get to Rose Bowl. I thought that was the team to get us there. And obviously knowing we would eventually get to the Rose Bowl, it helps take that sting off a little bit. But when you're in that moment, you thought, That's it. We're never going to the Rose Bowl.
1: It's such a good distinction. And I've never even really thought of that, but that's such a good point. Like Mm -hmm. looking back now, it's like, oh, yeah, we made good on that two, literally two years later. It wasn't even that long of a wait. In that moment, you nailed it. It really did feel like that was dashed. It's never going to happen. I mean, they had that whole story. I don't know if you remember where Kirk Cousins was like training there in the offseason and he Mm -hmm. went up to the Rose Bowl, like Usher. Security mm-hmm. guy was like, "Hey, I'll see you in." Nine it was like going to
2: or... be a Hallmark movie, you know, had yeah, <laughs> yeah. everything ready.
1: Yeah, like cousins. I mean, I don't think he missed a Bible study in that whole time. He did everything <laughs> right. He followed the movie. He, he deserved perfect.
2: to be in a rose bowl. Yeah,
1: I felt bad for him, and it's Me not like he, he's not the one that hit the punter. They would have won that game, but uh, you know, there were a myriad uh, issues with that game where one play goes the other way and they win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. I talk too much. I gotta let you talk more.
2: Nah, you're good.
1: <laughs> so, so we hit on Michigan a little bit. Which Wolverine do you respect the most?
2: Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, it's obviously not my cart. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He's the one that you respect the least.
2: Um, you know, I that's a really good question. I would say I really like Denard Robinson, I think. Oh. I I liked his personality. I know that that oh, sounds a little crazy. I thought he seemed like a really nice, likable guy. Um, another one, um, Xavier Simpson too. I really respect the way that he played. Um, obviously not the accident he had. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, not to bring that up. But you don't, you
1: don't respect his his driving accuracy. Yeah.
2: But. but I I like his competitive energy. I think he would have been an ISO guy. You know, somebody that plays hard defense and everything. So. There you go.
1: Yeah, I have begrudging respect for a lot of them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're going coach, like John Beeline was just great.
2: Oh, and... I mean, John Beeline's the best, right? Yeah, yeah. You couldn't hate that guy. Nobody I hated that him. I couldn't hate him. I
1: know. I, I hated know.
2: that. I respected him too much. And he, yeah, yeah. And the way he brought up that Michigan program is just unbelievable.
1: And, and shocked me. I mean, I saw his West Virginia teams and their whole offense just running around and jacking up a three. And I remember my whole position was like, you can win games like that, but you can never Win uh, a national title, which I mean he didn't, but he, he got there close. twice, pretty, and I never thought he would. Yeah, I mean he's he's one of the top ten tacticians in college basketball when he's active.
2: I have I, a lot of respect too that he changed so late in his career and started, you know, coaching defense and emphasizing defense towards the end. Yes, so I have a lot of respect for him.
1: I hated that we loved him. I mean, I, I, there's <laughs> I not hate a sp- that I love him yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> I just he's great. Yeah, he's a class act. He's smart. He's you mm-hmm. know, like you said, he made adjustments and. Just a great guy and phenomenal mm. coach. Yeah, that's so a good one. This one you might have to think about for a second. We might mm-hmm. have to like, you know, have Ben Ooh. play some music. Which three Spartans do you take to dinner? Now this is Does that can,
2: count coaches?
1: Any yeah, coaches, okay. players, they can be living, dead, mm. doesn't matter. No restrictions. Oh, wow. Anyone that either like went to Michigan State or coached for Michigan State.
2: Okay, well, it has to be Mel Tucker number one.
1: Mel's number one. He wow, he's really. In I'm there gonna quick.
2: try to get him to like smoke a cigar with me or something. He would do it. Yeah. Yeah, he would do it. All right, so Mel would be number one. Number two would be uh, Cassius Winston because I just love Cassius and I've wanted to meet him. Hi, Cassius, if you're watching. Um, and then number three, we'll throw Kyle Arnes in there. Kyle. We'll have, yeah, we'll have a. That would be a very interesting dinner party, I think. Yeah, that
1: would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like as much as I love D'Antonio, he would definitely not be on the list. Not as... a great
2: dinner guest. <laughs> no,
1: no. You actually <laughs> maybe a beer. It... You know, yeah. maybe
2: a beer with D'Antonio would be fun.
1: That'd be cool. I like your list, though. I like your list. Okay, so we'll we'll wrap here. Favorite MSU alternate jerseys. It doesn't have to be football. A little picture has football, but your favorite alternate. You know, non-traditional.
2: Okay, it's not the neon jerseys. Thank goodness. That was Sounds a great. troll Everyone's job by hard. me.
1: The neons are ugly.
2: They are ugly. Um, Do the state script count for basketball? Yeah. Because those by far, I think, are the perfect uniform. They're crisp. They're clean. There's a history behind it. And I I just think they're perfect. And you've got a nice little neon sign in here with it on it.
1: The studio is representing. And I would have
2: killed to see that on a football uniform, which Maryland, obviously, we didn't have that game. But Mel said he was going to whip out the state scripts. I would have loved to see that.
1: My my uh, brother, Sean, who's like the only guy with a weirder Spartan obsession than me, like with his basement, <laughs> he made a good point to me the other day with the the helmets. Like we all love the gruff helmet. We all wanted oh, it. Oh, I
2: love the gruff.
1: But I, I'm curious to see what Mel Tucker and the branding does with the full offseason because mm-hmm. as much as we the gruff was fun – I don't know if you saw any of those concepts that were on Twitter. It was like the whole helmet it was oh, white. I
2: feel like it should have been bigger, though. I think right. they could have gone a little bit bigger with it.
1: They're just right If we're now.
2: nitpicking, though.
1: Well, it is. And it, we're thrilled <laughs> yeah. that it is nitpicking. But like, if you're going to finally do it, like, all they Go basically big. did was had the green helmet and they slapped, they the, slapped the sticker on it. On it yeah. It's not really yeah. like a new design. But like a
2: white helmet with gruff would also be really cool. Too.
1: Yeah. I, the one, um, I wish we had the graphic pulled. I didn't even really think about it. But yeah, the, there was one that, you know, one of those Twitter wizards mm-hmm. was on. and I, it's like I mean, the, there's so
2: many good mock-ups.
1: So many, but this is like the best helmet ever. It looked like the, the <laughs> like peak Oregon Ducks, but it was white with like the entire helmet oh. being the gruff. It was awesome. We'll, oh. we'll show you after.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll have it. to see it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So anyway, you did great. Uh, are, are you appalled by my uh, presence or my opinions on anything? Do you think you'll come back?
2: Not at all. Of course I would come back. I think we've had a great time. I think we balance each other out well. The you know, yin and yay. Yeah, yeah. You you're, know, I I bring a little bit of the optimism, and you're there to kind of temper that. So yeah, I like well,
0: that. Oh, well,
1: luckily you say a lot of smart things because sometimes I end up like bickering with my guests. Actually, that's <laughs> that's more the norm than the deviation <laughs> from the norm. I I will say I and I am open about this, and not just saying it because you're across from me, but I mm-hmm. I consider you one of the in that top two to three follows for the oh, Michigan State Spartan Nation. Thank you. And your success in the realm has. I think spoken to that. Thank you. You know, there's certainly um, a large segment of the fan base that despises me and uh, is is no fan of mine. And um, I think they like—is it the sausages or something, or is it? Uh, it's
2: another meat. <laughs> yeah,
1: some other kind of meat. Yeah. So they they are not my biggest fan. And mm-hmm. I, it's funny my my block list is like. Six advertisers that have annoying ads that bug me, and then like 94 people with like the bacon emojis. So it's like I just called my, my block list the bacon list. But um, anyway, so you coming here when so many people in that Spartan Nation, maybe not my biggest fan because I do think I'm a cynic. I appreciate it. And you had a long drive. You came all the way from is it Grand from Rapids? Grand Rapids, yeah. And you made it in one piece. I did. Your boyfriend is sitting uh, across from me. <laughs> yep. He's just off camera. But yep. uh so yeah, shout out to James for being and here. And I didn't and kill
2: him on the way here. Who, so did that's you drive? Drove? I drove, yeah.
1: So we appreciate you coming here. We know yeah, it was of a haul. You are staying at the Royal Park Hotel in Rochester, where I got married. It's an awesome hotel. You're going to go see it tonight, and mm-hmm. you're going to see the pretty lights. So we appreciate we can't you coming. Wait.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I had an awesome time. Well,
1: it, please come back. Let's, I let's, would love to. Yes. Let's, do like, let's do maybe a round table with DK. That would be fun.
2: Oh, that would be awesome. I would love that. D- I haven't met DK yet, so... That'd well,
1: I, make sure you do some, like, neck workouts because I'm 6'4". He's super tall, yeah. Oh, he's a specimen. <laughs> he's, there's a picture of him on the wall. You can see at the top left of our little collage there, Tara. Like, he towers over me. So, yeah, he's, he's like, really fit. The guy come, comes in looking like Lex Luger or something. That's crazy. <laughs> so, anyway, appreciate you being here. Love to have you back. Let's do it with DK. I'm sure he'd yeah, be down. Yeah, that would be awesome. You're, you're awesome. And everyone should follow you at Tara Stafford.
2: Thank you. Uh, thank you.
1: Check her out. Uh, it's been a pleasure this is the spiro avenue show we have a really fun episode it's in pencil not pen or marker or sharpie but a very nice episode scheduled for next week with james edwards the he's actually been in studio once before from the athletic he's going to help us make some sense of what the hell the pistons are doing i'm not sure exactly what the pistons are
2: doing no
1: i think i like what they're doing it's kind
2: of exciting right yeah, <laughs> yeah. well it's,
1: it's they're doing something different it's something and uh, James, who's also a Spartan, by the way, uh, is a, a great guy and one of the best writers in the whole state right now across the board. Certainly number one in, in uh, for my money in the Pistons realm. So he'll be in next week, uh, looking like Tuesday, working on the and uh, nailing that down exactly. So stay tuned. We have the solo show coming up very soon, working on some sexy graphics for that. <laughs> uh, thank you again to our sponsor, The Smuggler's Son, Virgil's Vineyard. Please check them out, virgilsvineyard.com. I'm going to send my good new friend Tara here home with the oh, classic okay. Zinblend Red. So you said you like red wine, right? I do
2: like red wine, yes. You are going to yes. love that. Oh, that is thank my, you so much. It's honestly
1: my favorite wine. It Look is so good. Look at that so
2: design, good. too. It, it, wow. It's
1: very cool. Yeah, they, they're called the Smuggler's Son because his dad was a smuggler during Prohibition. How cool oh, is
2: that? Oh, that's a really cool story behind yes. that. That's great, really nice.
1: Great family, the Kippers. So check them out. And shout out to Ben, our producer, on the other side of the wall here. He is the great and powerful Oz, doing a great job, as always, busting his ass. Shout out to Eric Williamson, doing our graphics uh, You know, in his boxers on the couch. He never shows up anymore, but he does still work here. And we have a lot coming, so hang in there with us, and um, it's going to be good. It's getting better and better, and Tara was certainly a bucket list one for me. We're happy um. to have you.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me.
1: This has been the Spiro Avenue Show. Justin Spiro. Tune in next week. We'll be here. We'll be back with you. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for making us part of your day. We'll see you soon.